Well, hello, and again, thank you for joining Pastor Mark and myself for our uh, Wednesday midweek Bible study as we continue to look through the book of Acts. Uh, today, uh, we're going to be looking at chapter 10, uh, another fabulous chapter. One of the best things about the book of Acts is that every single week that we look at this, there's new content that actually mimics some of the old uh, elements that we've looked at and also forecasts things that are yet to come. So thanks again for joining us. With that, we'll go ahead and kick off our study today. Uh, Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about 3 in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is this, Lord? he asked. The angels answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simeon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simeon the tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Well, like you said, uh, the book of Acts is just this action-packed story, right? Every chapter, it's just the church was doing this. The yep. Holy Spirit did that. God yep. was talking to these people. These people were getting healed. And, and here you see this uh, really cool thing where uh, God just kind of calls Cornelius on a cell phone mm -hmm. directly and uh, gives him these special instructions. Well, maybe we should say a little bit about Cornelius. Yep, yep. Uh, so it's a, uh, a Greek name. It's a, it would be a Roman a Roman citizen and not not a Greek, not a Jew, but a Gentile. And so he would have been the, I don't know, a colonel, a captain in in the military. Obviously, had been stationed in Judea mm -hmm. area for a while and had at some point come to faith in God, Yahweh, the, the God of the Jews. And so God was uh, choosing him to end up being a, a great example for his Jewish people, for God's Jewish people, uh, to teach them a lesson about those who are outside of the Jewish family. And interesting, uh, you see uh, just some of the details that are mentioned here in this passage, as Pastor Mark mentioned, the status of who this man is, but then also about his practices, too. Uh, you see very specific details in the book of Acts, uh, even more so with, I think, than a lot of Scripture, in particular with time. We see time mentioned several times within the Gospels, but also here in the book of Acts, again, it says here that uh, it's one day at about three in the afternoon that Cornelius has this vision, uh, which is interesting because that would have been a practice of many of the Jewish people to be able to take certain times during the day to be able to, to pray. And so he is following some type of uh, different circumstances than maybe most of the people around him in which he's taking time probably to be able to pray. And it's at this moment that he receives this, this vision from the Lord. Yeah, he's obviously not a nominal believer, but mm -hmm. a practicing, uh, someone who's very disciplined in his faith. Yeah, that's great. All right, now that was uh, God talking to Cornelius. Now we just quick, again, the action keeps going. Peter has a vision in verse 9. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. 
And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision was uh, that he had seen, uh, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, remember up on the roof, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you, to come to his house, and to hear what you have to say. So, he invited them to be his guests. Again, we start with that time period, right? So now it's, it's about noon uh, the following day when we have this. talks about this, this rooftop praying experience, which we see, I think, several times within Scripture. Uh, this isn't uh, something that is abnormal. It's just a place that people would go to be able to pray. you got to remember their architecture, though, even at this time. That would have been a great place to be able to go uh, somewhere that's open, somewhere that's more private. A lot of people would have had different, uh, if you will, porch experiences of being able to have that as like the extension of their home. For sure. And again, there he is, Peter, a, a, a disciplined follower. Mm -hmm. yeah, his regular prayer time every day. And super disciplined, right? Because yeah. we see that even as the Lord calls upon him to be able to do something, Peter holds back over and over and over again. Uh, that wouldn't have been common for him to be able to eat this. I, I've never done this, he said. You know, not even not even one time. It's not like I do this sometimes or during certain times of yeah. the year. I have I never cheat. done this. I, when I go on vacation, I cheat yeah. on my diet. This is my cheat day on my diet. Yeah. I know. I'm just going off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. And so this obviously is a, a little precursor God's given Peter uh, before he goes to Cornelius. This whole dream, this vision, I should say, this Trance that it's described right. as. Interesting. And maybe just to think about that, when it says that word, it isn't like Peter's out of his mind. I think that word you can kind of get that context with. It really is uh, the Lord meeting him during this time. I don't even know if trance would be the best, at least for our day and age, uh, right. word to describe it. But he was, it was, it was a vision. I think, I think the point here is probably what, is, he wasn't asleep. Yeah. Like, this wasn't a yeah. dream that he had. It wasn't. Uh, bad quail or something that um, yeah, caused him to have a bad dream. Uh, he was awake. He's more right awake. Yeah, playing. maybe more of a heightened state of consciousness, right? I mean, yeah. that he actually is, is more fully aware. And I think all of us can say that we've been at that point, maybe not underneath God, but there are times, I know even just in my day, there are times when I think I am more alert or more self-aware. And so imagine that experience from God now, you know, mm -hmm. intertwining in it, this and him. For sure. All right.
So. All right. So these two men can, you know, this these stories. We had this one of Cornelius, then of Peter. And now, kind of more of an intersection that has just occurred. Uh, so we're here at verse uh, that second yeah. half of verse twenty-three, I guess. Right. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived at Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are, all, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Four days ago I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send a Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded to you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened through Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. And we pause there for a second. It's a lot of text. Yeah, so... Peter makes the trip with uh, Cornelius' uh, uh, soldiers, and uh, I think it's it's pretty neat that Cornelius had invited like all his friends and family over. For the yeah, I love that. That's that's my favorite part of this entire section by far. That he's not scared, and that he knows that this is important. And so he says, "You know, everybody, come here. There's there's something this is important. Be big. Yeah, there's <laughs> something important going on." And uh, the reverence for Peter, I, I don't I don't read that as. Cornelius was some, I don't know, indigenous person confused, worshiping a person, thinking it was a god. I, I think this was just an act of reverence. Like, yeah. this is the Peter yeah. coming to my house to tell me about the Lord. Like, this is a really special, and again, he had all his friends and family. I'm sure there was a lot of food and wine. You're really setting yourself up for going over to people's house, these home visits, right? Well, here, here goes Pastor yeah. Mark, get out all the good stuff. Occasionally, yeah. I get offered a cookie. Occasionally. <laughs> But they're really good cookies. <laughs> yes, they are really good cookies. And uh, as well as the, the invite is also the reception, right? Peter is so, I don't want to say gracious, but he even shows, I think, in this moment that he is still learning. Is this great, important leader? Sometimes I, I think people will talk to us. I, I'll speak just for myself, but I assume this is true. And they think that we have all the answers or, or all the knowledge. You guys are pastors. You do this. But I will say for myself, like I am constantly learning, seeing new things, and I really do believe that that's how God has created us as Christians. It isn't this this linear 
faith journey, it, it's really more cyclical that we're constantly learning over and over again. And even Peter himself says, hey, you know, uh, you're well aware that it's bad for Jews and Gentiles to be able to intersect. This is the law again yeah. that I've been following. But God has shown me not to call any man impure, he says. And then he goes on later on to say that uh, how true it is that God doesn't show favoritism, but he accepts men of every nation who fear him. And how great that is. Yeah, I was just going to say, I've always said I'm a, I'm a student. I'm a lifelong learner. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm literally still a student. Here's my student ID. Yeah, but you only use that for the discounts at the movie theater yeah. and stuff. Well, when we had movie theaters. <laughs> One day you'll get your discounts again, Pastor Mark. Yeah, it's a little disappointing. But how neat, again, to see Peter, like, constantly learning, right? Absolutely. That he's, and, and that he's being shaped by the Lord. He is like, I got all this done, I'm ready to go. Uh, but he keeps being able to be the student of the Lord, as mentioned. All good stuff. All good stuff. All right. You left off right in the middle, what, 39? 39, yep. All right. All right, and we are witnesses of all that he did, Jesus, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And right there, I, I harp on this a lot, but uh, we're talking about the means of grace, the ways that the Holy Spirit works to bring faith, to strengthen faith. It's through the gospel, mm -hmm. the word and sacrament. But specifically the gospel, the word, is Jesus died for your sins, and he rose from the dead so you can have eternal life. That's the good news. It's great news. It's the best news. Right? That's the gospel. And sharing that good news of what has actually happened, what God has done in history with someone else, the Holy Spirit works through those words uh, to bring about faith. It's the means, one of the means mm -hmm. of grace. Such an important piece. And again, it's so simple for us to say. Yeah, but so important to be in every <laughs> single day, like you mentioned, right? Be in the word, like we say. All right, wrapping then, up here. And then the result. Oh, yeah. Peter says the gospel, Jesus died for your sins and he rose for your eternal life, and look what happens. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Again, look at that, all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? Then have uh, they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Yeah. And again, the, you see that big open invitation, right? Uh, maybe even some uh, proof text there for baptizing even of, of infants. Uh, you know, remember, Cornelius has gathered all his family and friends to be there. It doesn't say that uh, the kids are all being babysat right now, that he has gathered all these different people. We don't know what their ages are, but it seems like it's this variety, this big group. And when they come, uh, these people who have been outside the faith, if you will, that are not Jews, receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. And Peter very specifically says, 
Uh, he orders that all of them be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. These people, you know, why can we stop them? And isn't that great? And maybe something, again, that we would prove for infant baptism. Who would stop a kid from being baptized, for receiving this great gift of Christ? I promise you, it's not going to hurt them in any way. It's only going to benefit them. And this is just one area in Scripture that we see uh, of households, if you will, or groups of people being baptized together. Not saying, hey, just the men were baptized, just the adults were baptized, just the Jews were baptized, but this is a gift that's open to all people. That's a great point from uh, Acts chapter 10. I was going to, we could hit a couple of other kind of hot topics that Acts chapter 10 addresses. One, uh, another one I think is probably just Old Testament laws. Oh, yeah. So God is obviously showing Peter that all these food laws from the Old Testament, Leviticus, uh, don't eat this, it's unclean, don't eat that, it's unclean, or common. God's saying that doesn't apply anymore. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I think, without going into a deep study on the law, yet, um, anyway. So in the Old Testament, there's uh, there's laws, there's statutes, there's ordinances. Yep. And I mean, the law is the law, right? Thou shalt not murder. Like, that's pretty universal. Uh, laws are built in to God's creation mm -hmm. and how the world is supposed to work or where, where everything is going to run more smooth if we follow God's laws. Uh, but a lot of these statutes for the nation, uh, ordinances for the, the people, like food laws we call them, or ordinances really, uh, they just don't apply anymore. These were, um, much, of, much of these were set up to, to set the Israelites apart from the people around them, to identify them, to mark them mm -hmm. as God's people. They live differently, they do things differently. And it probably was more healthy, and definitely some of it was some other reasons. Based. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but another thing, you know, whether it's circumcision or food laws, it's it's it set them apart uh, as different from other people. And, and now I got to say, now uh, it's the opposite, right? We're we're not. Uh, remember, I talked about the the, the whole scriptures kind of converge at the Old Testament onto to Jesus, and then when Jesus is born, right from the Book of Acts out, it's the Word of God going out to the world, and. That's it. We're, we've, we've hit this big reversal now in, mm. the, in direction. Uh, now it's about getting the message of God out, the message of Jesus, out into the whole world. Uh, so uh, we just have to be careful if we're going to try to chart kind of the course of our lives or even the church uh, uh, based on Old Testament rules. I know there's some denominations that, that believe you can only have worship services on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. So that's the Sabbath day. Um, there's still people who practice the food laws yep. and things, and I don't think that's wrong, but I think it's wrong to say that it has to be this way. Or that we're doing this in efforts to make uh, steps towards salvation, oh, yeah. or even just being a better Christian, right? For yeah. sure, for sure. On the other hand, not an excuse to not do good works, right? Uh, you know, don't let that hold us back either and say, you know, that I'm saved and I'm good. Remember, that's how this chapter uh, first starts. We have this individual who is doing these, these great things, this devout, God-fearing man who gave generously to those in need, and he prays. I mean, this is, this is a guy, who Cornelius, who is uh, founded on being able to serve God. So a big uh, you know, champion for us to be able to make sure that we are not just being uh, lax in our faith, but that we're actually putting it forward, too. Yep.
Good. All right, another good week. Any other final wrap-up comments, Pastor Mark? This is good. I, I, I come to this verse a lot when I talk about sharing the gospel and how people learn about Jesus, come to have faith in Jesus. It's just as simple. You, you, you share the word. You share the good news, what Jesus has done for them. And you can tell stories about your own life, what Jesus has done for me, and that's how it works. Yep. God using his people to be able to share his great and glorious word. Try it out this week. It's a great challenge. Somebody. Every single day. All right, want to close for us in prayer? Yes. Thanks for joining us this week. Yes. Uh, we'll jump back in next week from uh, Desert Foothill Studios. Let's <laughs> pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for all of the gifts that you give to us, the means that we have to share your word with your people uh, near and far. Uh, what a great, what an amazing world we live in uh, where uh, Pastor Jeremy and I can sit here and uh, read the scriptures and pontificate on them and uh, people all over the world uh, can, can join in and listen and uh, learn and and have more reasons to thank and to praise you and to share your grace. I pray that you would help us all to be great witnesses for you this week and every opportunity that you give us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll see you next week.